Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the 9 5 Killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today, our guest moved to America from Nigeria when he was 18 years old with only $1,000 to his name. He modeled for a few years for various designer brands in New York City. He became a two-time Golden Glove boxing champion and later went on to becoming a celebrity trainer to some of Hollywood's most elite, such as J-Lo, Brooke Shields, and Naomi Campbell, to name a few. And now he is the proud owner of the Iconoclast Gym on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce my good friend, Ango. Welcome to the show, my brother. So glad to have you here. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, bro. Long time. Tell me a little bit about uh, wh- where your family from, your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. There's certain, certain things about you I don't know, and I want to just get into all of that. Okay. Um, well, I was I was born here in the U.S., but I was raised in Nigeria. I was in Nigeria till I was um, 18, and. Um, he was a grown ass man. <laughs> so, so you were raised. When I came, yeah. Okay, so you was raised till eighteen. Yeah. What What made you? Um, what made you? So did you come here by yourself or your family? Like, do you have brothers and sisters? I came. I came by myself uh, when I was eighteen, and um, I have I have three brothers, and we lost one uh, about eleven years ago. Our youngest passed away, so now there are three of us. So three brothers. Wow. Um, one, my older brother is in Virginia. He's a psychiatrist in Virginia. And my younger brother is in London. He's in real estate. And I'm here. So you came here when you were 18. Could you give me the story? So first of all, give me a little bit of background. Like what did your, fa- your family, your parents do? And how did you end up being in New York City by yourself at 18? And what was some of the, your first story of being in New York that you can remember? Um, my, my dad was a college professor. He just retired, retired um, a couple of years ago. Uh, my mom was a high school teacher, so they're both teachers, and um, my life was, you know, it, it was as as a young as as a young man, it was it, you know, growing up, it was it was challenging because I was I was a skinny kid, and I always wanted to be you know strong like the other kids. So, but I, I so I felt like I I just wasn't one of the cool kids, you know, and. Um, I wanted, there was just so much I wanted to do, wanted to achieve in my life. And I just felt like I couldn't do it there. So um, it was a time when it felt like there was a lot of civil unrest, you know, and it felt like there might be another civil war in Nigeria. Things were getting kind of crazy. So um, I asked my dad and we all talked to my dad and we said, one person should go just in case, you know. So my older, my older brother, he was in medical school in Nigeria at the time. So he was committed to that. I was, I was, I was free. I, I was in college, but I wasn't, I wasn't seriously, you know, you're, you're right. you know, I wasn't yeah. serious in college. I just wanted to hang out with girls. I just wanted to party. That was my focus for getting into college. I got into college when I was 15 and a half because my parents were so damn strict and um you know we just couldn't do anything at home so for me i figured okay if i could pass these entrance exams pass these exams get into college i could get away from home and that was my focus so i passed 
I passed the entrance exam, passed the test, and um, got in, got into college, and I was able to get away from from my from my parents. But while I was in college, I was like, you know, fuck that. Like I'm I'm free. <laughs> I could do whatever the hell I want. Right. Um, and I did. So class wasn't on my on my on my agenda at all. It was hanging out 24/7, making up for lost time. And um, I did that for, damn, for like two years. Right. <laughs> and so you did, that, you did that in Nigeria. and then In so, Nigeria for two years. Wow. And so when they, te- when they told you, all right, so now when they said uh, who, you, who's going to leave and you decided you were going to leave. Yeah. So now you, you, leave, you leave Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what part of Nigeria were you in, by the way? I forgot to ask. I grew up in Anambra State, which is in the Igbo-speaking region. Okay, Igbo. Um, south, southwest. Okay, southwest. So you mm-hmm. come to New York, right? Um, tell me a little bit. What did you have in your pocket? What was your plans? How did you get help from home? What was the, what was the scenario? My dad gave me a check for a thousand dollars, and that was it. And um, I came. I lived in Connecticut, so I, I came. When I came, I stayed with my aunt and my uncle, and uh, my two cousins. Um, I stayed with them for a few months. I took the SATs. I had, I, I started all over again. So I took the SATs um, and I got into the University of Connecticut and they moved to Ohio and I didn't want to move to Ohio. I was like, you know, I like it here. I'm just going to stay here. So I was by myself, you know, but I was in college. I was on campus. So I was like, fuck it. You know, um, the party continues. Right, (laughs) (laughs) right, right, right. You know, so, um, (laughs) you know, for me, man, life is about, you know, making the best of whatever situation, be happy, have as much fun as you can. Mm -hmm. That's strictly my motto. Right. Always have as much fun as you can. You know, if I'm by myself, I'll talk to this wall. And I'll have, I'll find a way to have fun with that wall. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, like I'll make friends. I'll, I'll, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is, wherever it is, I'll make friends. I'll connect with people. Right. And, um, and that's how I live. Right. You know? and, so. And, and so when you, all right, so now you, you're here, mm-hmm. um, you find yourself, cause when I met you, um, it was later on, I think you were, man, we must've been in our, like, wasn't that it was, it, was, it was like mid like later 20s later 20s i moved i moved to new york in 98 yeah and i was 24 yes you know so it was right around like we met probably i would say 99 uh it was like 99 so okay. i was 25 then but then we you know we stayed cool all the way like you know we you know all the way till i would say damn like 2000 we was like 30 something, like yeah, maybe like 30, 32, you know, 33. Yeah, we lost like track. Early, early, early 30s, 30s, you yeah. know, and everybody just kind of like, you know, split right. and everyone's like hustling and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, we were always hustle, but yeah. like the hustles kind of took us yeah, away from what we were doing, you know, exactly. and um, where we were, like the connections we had. Right. So one yeah. thing that I noticed about you and um, is that you, we, we did parties together. Me and Ingo mm-hmm. did parties together at one point. And at, at some point I was like, you know what? I was doing parties at a place called Serena and mm-hmm. uh, I brought you on board as one of my promoters. And I remember I said, this guy, I mean, this guy <laughs> is a hustler. Let me tell you something. Cause there's, I knew that we couldn't work together and not because he didn't have great work ethic. It was because he's a boss, you know? And so if, if he was, if he, 
if I had a, a party that I was doing, he was working for me. He had his shirt on underneath because he bleeds <laughs> whatever he's gonna do. So I said, this ain't gonna work. And at some point, <laughs> he left. Um, we split up, and but we, but I even went to one of your first parties, and, mm -hmm. and it was good. And mm -hmm. you, even some of my promoters left with you, and I was like, you know, they don't know that this guy is hardcore. Like I know you said that you you live for adventure and fun, but you always had a certain amount of worth ethic. Mm -hmm. So where does that come from? Like that you have this kind of. So you you came here with a thousand bucks. How did you write, how did you get on track? Like you had, you must've had a lot, some stories of like, so what is the story that you could tell us about? You came with a thousand dollars. When did you realize that New York is real and a thousand dollars ain't going to cut it? And well, what'd you do? I'll, I'll give you a, a little sample of my work, where my work ethic, one of what, like what, one of the, like a story, like what, one of the histories of my work ethic, you know, um, Growing up in Nigeria, it's um, like there's no, you know, like for a lot of people, like when I was growing up, like it's like you have you have a massive tank. There's really no running water, right? When I was growing up, now you know you can build a borehole and dig a borehole, and now you can have running water. But it wasn't that like that when I was growing up. So my dad loved to have a lawn, and he loved hedges because he always wanted to know this is my land. You know, I'm going to use my hedges to let you know this is this belongs to me, you know, because my dad grew up with nothing. You know, he went from a tiny little like hut to um, a Ph.D. in Harvard. OK, tiny little town with nothing. And um, so he wanted everyone to know this is mine. So we have we had a lawn and we had hedges. Every morning you wake up. We go to morning mass, go to church in the morning, come home. You had to, we, my older brother and I, we had to water, and especially in the dry season, there's no, it doesn't rain at all in the dry season. And if you don't water your plants, they fucking die. Okay. So we would water the lawn by hand. Like we would have buckets of water and like cans and you, you know, you, you know, poke holes in, 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 in the can so that you kind of like, it looks like a spring. So, you know, you, you scoop out the water from the bucket and you go around the lawn. So he's like a, like a, like a sprinkler, right? So we would do this by hand, like water the lawn in the, house, in the front yards and just massive piece of fucking land, right? So we would water the lawn. We would water the hedges before we went to school. Go to school, come home, water the lawn again, do homework. Okay. So for me, if doing this every day, that shit was fucking hard labor for free. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I came to America, I was just like, all I got to do is work, you know, like just work and get paid for it. And you get paid for it. That's the thing about America is two plus two equals four. You work, you get paid. Period. So for me, it wasn't that difficult. You know, so I just looked at it like I don't I don't like to be broke. Okay. Like I like I I always wanted to have a legacy. I always wanted to own something. I always wanted to own a piece of this country. And you can't do it. If you, if you don't hustle, you can't do it if you don't make money. So I always wanted to hustle doing 
things that I, that I enjoyed, things that I was passionate about. Um, moving to New York was, had, has always been my dream. Like my family, we came here in 84. I was 10 years old. My dad was on sabbatical here and um, we were here for a summer. And I just was like, I, some way, somehow, I will make it back to this town. Wow. You know, I, I wanted to come. I knew, I knew it. So even when I was in Connecticut, the, like, just the energy that I felt in New York, when I was 10 years old, I was like, I have to be here. I have, I must, somehow, I got to be here. And I remember, I actually remember driving in to the city. I was driving at nighttime. It was like driving, I was driving through um, um, Times Square. And I was just like the lights, like the building, it just, just all the ads, it just, 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 just the energy. It's just, it, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Right. And I was just like, damn, I'm home, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I will grind and hustle and do whatever it takes. And nobody will ever will fucking stop me. Right. And every day that was that, that was it. I love it. And so here's something that we, one of the things that we always had in common was fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've been in fitness. Um, I don't know how long you've been, but I, I think we've been in it as long. I've been at 14 years old. Yep. So I know you probably been working out the dedication I seen you have. So now you own a gym. Mm -hmm. So, so tell me a little bit about the process uh, before you get to the part of owning a gym, mm -hmm. before we get to that part, tell me what was the, cause you must've had some experiences with working for people. What is some of the things that got you on this path to saying, I want to own my own gym as opposed to just working at another gym? And mm. what, what propelled you to want to own your own? Okay. Um, I, I had, I had, I had a good modeling career and, um, who'd you model, was, who'd you model for? I, was, I did everything from, damn, I did Paco jeans. I did Hanes. I did, um, I work, I did, I did, I work, I work with Giselle. Like I, I just, you know, I, I did, I did, I did catalog. I did print. I did TV commercials. Um, um, and then I, and then I, I work, I, I did some film too, you know, but it wasn't consistent for me. It wasn't consistent enough. It wasn't to the level where I could buy property and properties, not just one, you know, and then, you know, just kind of build a business from it. So I just kept like thinking about, okay, do I just want to keep booking one job here, one job a week, you know, you know, making a little bit of money here and there. And, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine was like, you know, why don't you try personal training? You know, you always, give people good advice. You know, you, people ask you what to do about working out or nutrition. You always give them great advice. You know, why don't you try personal training? And, um, I'd said, you know, like the gym was always my sanctuary. It was always my safe, my safe place. And I, I didn't want it to be work, you know? So, but she was like, listen, if you don't like it, just quit. And I was always good at that. You know, so. <laughs> or good at good at quitting. So you didn't want to do. Okay. Yo, I either got quit. I either quit or got, or got fired, fired from every job I ever had. Every single one of them. You know. So mostly got fired. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, 
Yeah, so, so I was like, all right, you know, I'll try it, you know, see what happens, whatever. So I started, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, it, it married my love for, um, for fitness and, um, and teaching. So it brought both of them together. And it was, it was the best. And um, I just really thrived doing it. I started at Equinox on 19th Street in 2005. Damn. Yeah, wow, and, 2005. Uh, 2005. And I was there, and I'm like, the fuck is this? Like, you know, the gym makes all this money. They give you, number one, they, you get paid a third of what the gym makes, and then you get taxed on that. You know, so I was like, nah, it's not going to work. So I was there for, I was hustling, you know. So when you start there, you start on the floor. You don't really make, you get make, eight, back then, you made $8 an hour when you worked on the floor. Wait, for Equinox, the, the, the high-end gym Equinox? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. I worked for Crunch, and, and I got about the same amount. I thought the Equinox was higher. No. It's, oh, wow. It's, when, it's when, when, when you're doing a floor shift, you're making minimum wage. Okay. When you train a client, then you make more. So... I was like, okay, I'll do quick math. I got to get off this floor shifts as quickly as possible. So I hustled hard within like under, under four weeks. I had enough sessions where I could get off the floor. But they were like, listen, can you help us out? We don't have anyone to, t- to take your slot. I was like, listen, we, we, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to train on my floor shift. I'm going to train people or else this doesn't make any sense for me. So they were reluctant. They were like, oh, you know, we'll let you do it. But then I, you know, they're like, oh, you're doing it too much. So eventually I just gave, I gave, I gave him like nine months. And one of my friends told me about this independent gym, which was a few blocks away. And um, so there, what happens, like your clients pay you and you pay the gym a rental fee to, to use the gym. So I was like, oh, this is, this is like the best the best situation. So I raised my, I raised my rates, you know, other trainers would take less money because Equinox didn't pay that much. So they're like, they'll take less money and go to an independent training spot because you know, like, yeah, you make more. So I'm like, well, why the fuck I'm, I'm bringing you to a much better experience. It's private. It's exclusive. It's nicer. You know what I mean? Like you be there with just us and we can really focus and not some nonsense going on all around us. So I raised my rates and my clients were cool with it, you know? And so I really started, I was like, wow, like I could really do something here. And, um, and while I was there, I was there in 2000, I started there 2007, January, 2007. And, um, I just saw, I, I was just, I just watched and I always, when, when I get into a situation, I always watch, I always watch and I learn because there's always, they, there's always a possibility of being able to do something better, you know? So I always, I watched and I, and I just kept training my clients there, but I, I, I saw how everything ran and, um, I, I wrote a business plan in 2008 because I wanted to have my own. And, um, you know, there was always, there was always something, there was always some level of, of hate when you're the one that works the hardest. Cause I was like hustling, you know, I was there, I was the first one there in the morning. I'll be the last one there. And, um, 
it was always like, you know, people trying to like the owners trying to, you know, be in the way or trying to hate on you in some way. And just the energy was, wasn't, I wasn't free. Right. And that's my, like, I always want to be free to do whatever I want. Like I'm, I'm not disrespectful. I'm not in your way. I'm not going to disrespect the space. If anything, I'll help the space, you know, right. just let me do my thing. And it was always a problem. So from, from then on, I just was like, I got to have my own. I got to have my own. I got to have my own. And then, um, um, several years. So I tried to raise money. I couldn't raise money on my own. So I kept, you know, training my clients. Um, a few years later, I tried to do it with another trainer. It didn't work out. You know, we had a name, we set up the business, we did everything, but it didn't work out between us. So we dissolved the business. Everybody went their separate ways. And my, but my desire to have a, a gym continued. Um, and then my wife got pregnant. That's when my hustle went on 1000. And I was like, oh shit, I got to provide, like my kids got to go to Harvard, you know? So I'm like, the kids ain't even born yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to hustle for real now. So I started, yo, I was doing like 60 sessions a week. Sometimes I would be, I would have like 15 people a day, just back to back to back to back to back. And, um, and I was just working and saving and working and saving just to make sure that I could provide. But then I just did it for so long that it became the way that I just lived and, and worked that I continued to do that many sessions for years. So for that reason, I was able to stockpile a bunch of, was able to save a bunch of money. And then I was in the gym one day and um, a trainer, and this also tells you like, be cool with every, be nice to everybody you meet because you never know. So there was this trainer that I ran, that I knew from another gym and I was always cool with him. You know, I was always the one I would say, hey, what's, hey, what's up? And I, hey, how you doing? I was always say something nice and greet him and be cool with him. And he came up to me and he's like, listen, Ingo, um, I see your business and the gym where I work, I train my clients out of the trainers having some issues. He's having some issues. And I really think that you can buy the gym. And I was like, the fuck out of here. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just never, I got, I, I knew the trainer, I know his gym and I'm like, I can't buy that, <laughs> you know? So I was like, well, you know, and he walked away and then he came back like a week later. I was on the bike, you know, working, doing cardio and doing like emails. So he's like, listen, I'm telling you, like, you should, you know, you got, you know, really, you know, you should look into this. So I was like, all right, you know, you know, make, make the introduction connect us. So he connected us and we started negotiating. You know, he wanted X and I was willing to pay Y. Mm -hmm. And, you know, X was like in the, in the moon, <laughs> what, what he wanted for the gym. And I'm like, motherfucker, like, you know, your gym is failing. Like you need help. You need to be bailed out. I mean, like you're not, you're not, you know, your gym's not what it was, you know, and he, he was talking about how it was and how it was. And I'm like, your gym is not like that today. So we kept negotiating and, and we had, you know, we had a few yelling matches, you know, but at the end of the day, I got to pay the number that I wanted to pay for the gym and bought the gym and, 
got all the equipment. And um, the day that I signed the lease, I walked into this massive, this big ass office of the, the, the company that owns the building. And, and I sat at the table and he felt like one of these movies, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so I was sitting in this big ass conference room with like huge windows and they slid the lease documents over to me and, and they were like, you know, you have 30 seconds to change your mind. <laughs> I was like, give me that fucking paper. I nice. signed that shit so fast. It was a lot. It was like a lot of papers. I signed off, signed, 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 signed all of them. And it was done. And I remember I walked outside and I was shaking. I was shaking, like literally physically shaking. Cause I was like, oh shit, this is a, a dream come true. You know, years I've been working on this dream. I never let it go. I never lost sight of it. And it's, and, and, and it's happening, you wow. know? So I just was, I, I literally was just walking up and down the street. <laughs> just excited. Just walk, I, I, you know, I couldn't get on the train. Like wow. I could not, I, my, my heart was beating so fast. Like my, my I was just shaking. I just was just walking, just walk. I couldn't believe it. There's many people that um, listening that want to be in the spot that you're in mm -hmm. that maybe they think they can't do it. Two things that you could say that you've had to work on that made this thing possible, this dream of yours, that what made you never give up on it? My soul needed this. Like, I live for freedom. That's it, period. I want to be free to do what I want, say what I want, live the way that I want to live. And that is what drives me. My happiness, my freedom, these are the two things that drive me. And I'm willing to die for it. Anybody that knows me knows that I would die. For, if, I, if I believe in something, like I'm willing to die for it because it's that important. And that's it. You know, it's very simple. Like life, this, this shit is like life or death. Life, this, this is like, it's not a game. You know, it's life or death for me. If this is something, if it's what you really truly want and you're not bullshitting yourself because Mr. A did it or Mr. Y did it. If it's something that you truly, truly want. You should be able to say to yourself, I don't want to live if I cannot have this. Right. And it's that simple. No, I love it. You and, know, and, and let me ask you a question because there were times, right, when you were coming up and maybe you wanted something like, so what do you think kept you from, because you said at one point you, you couldn't raise the money, but mm -hmm. if you could think now back in hindsight, mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and, and this is something that I heard one time, it's like success is not a destination, it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. So what, what mindset did you have to adopt to, to get you to that point? Because I believe you always had the spirit for it, but what, mm -hmm. something happened between those years that we lost touch to that yeah. you are the man that you are today. So can you fill that in for me? Could you yeah. let us let us know what it is? Well, like I, in the modeling and acting business, I felt like I was working so hard. I was working harder than anybody else I knew in the business, but I just couldn't get that break. 
you know, like I was banging my head against the wall. And usually when I do, you know, I, I bang my head against the wall all the time for what I want. And usually if I bang it hard enough, there's a little crack and I can just squeeze my way through. But I kept banging my head against the wall. Boom, 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 nothing. Years, boom, nothing. And I just had to be honest with my, be honest and be real with myself. What do I want in this life? Like I want to be, I want financial freedom. I want all kinds of freedom, you know? I want to be able to do what I want, but I want to make the money that I want to make. Doing what I love, you know? Living the way that I love. And I just said to myself, fitness has always been there for me. Fitness has always given me what I want in this life. Like when I started working out, I was able to, you know, this is going to sound shallow, but I was able to get the girls I wanted, you know. You know, you, listen, you, you know I know. Listen, that ain't shallow. You know? That's, that's honest. You know, that's honest, you know, bro. I, listen, man, I, I, I keep, I, my life, I keep my shit, everything real. You know, yeah, I was able to get the girls I wanted. I was able to have a modeling career because I worked out. I was able to have an acting career because I worked out. Everything I wanted, I got because I worked out. You know, I bought my first property because I became a trainer. And I just really, you know, and I was, you know, when I first started as a trainer, I was still modeling, acting and training. You know, so after after years of just banging my head against the wall, I just said to myself, listen, fitness will be there for you. And I just said, this might be the thing for me. You know, I love it. I truly love it. I think about working out all the time. Like, I, you know, I worked out all the time. So I was like, I'm going to throw myself 100 percent into this. Mm. I think that's and, the piece. And that, and that was it. I think that's the piece that you've touched that on. Was it. Throwing yourself 100%, 100% into it. So when, and this is a follow-up question, when, what things did you do before that you would say you didn't give it 100%? Yeah. Like, I see it all the time. You know, I see trainers who were doing what I was doing. You know, they're trainers, but they're, promoters, they sell real estate on the side, you know, they do modeling on the side, they're doing all these things on the side, but they're not great at any one of them. Because, you know, the saying, like all the old school sayings still apply and will always apply. Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. You know, that shit is the, the realest statement ever. Jack of all trades, master of none. If you think about anybody in this life that is great at anything, they started with a focus. You know, and then I, I would say, I would tell people like, listen, you know, all the trainers will have, and I'll have a conversation with them. And they're like, listen, well, but what about Diddy? Diddy had, did this and he did that. He had the, 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 the clothing line and then he had the, the, they had Ciroc. And then he had, Diddy, when he first started, was dead ass focused on music. Mm -hmm. That was it. He breathed, shit, slept music. And when he became the
the go-to guy for music. He became a brand. He became the biggest brand in hip hop at the time. If you, if you, if you, if you want to talk about hip hop, you thought bad boy records, Diddy, uh, Puff Daddy back then. Right. And, and you know something? You and touched, that was it. Right. But you just touched on something that, that people that you picked up on. I was waiting for you to say it and you, mm-hmm. and you beat me to it and you said it. He built a brand. Mm-hmm. So the difference between the people that we're talking about who are doing different things and Diddy and The Rock Johnson mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart mm-hmm. is that they build a brand. A when brand. you build a brand, and that's what you're doing, that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing, you can, you can, of course you can do different things, but, but it's under the umbrella of your brand. Exactly. Um, and, and, and your name could be the biggest brand, which yep. Diddy's name is his biggest brand. And I don't know if you know, if, if you know why he stopped calling himself Puff Daddy. Somebody bought the name because he hadn't trademarked it or he hadn't done something with it. And they thought they, thought they were going to sell it back to him. Mm. And that's why he took on the P. Diddy moniker to kind of say, hey, I'm Fuck still going to be successful. Yeah. Um, Can I curse on, on your show? Well, you've been cursing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to bleep it out, but you know, because I got kids listening. So, uh, and I want your kids to listen to it. And I don't know if you let them hear you. Oh, I let them, you know, listen, okay. this is, this is real life. Right. Right. I curse in front of my kids. Like they're going to hear it. I right. don't, I don't, I'm not going to fucking grow up with virgin ears. And then somebody curses on, right. a, in, a, in, 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 uh, in the park. Right. And they freak out. No, the reason why the reason why I ask is because um, I raise soft ass kids. Right. No, they do. They, I do. I ask because um, if I if I allow curses, then mm-hmm. they they put this under explicit content, uh, and then they find a way that you know they find a way to penalize you for for you can do it. But the big people that do it, they do it because they're like, I don't care if a, if a, if a few million don't catch it. Me, I'm like, man, at this at this stage, yeah, I want to yeah, you know. Yeah. So I can okay. have a few. Um, and I and I bleep out some, but so some of them I leave some. I, but this way I don't okay. have to play explicit. You, I don't think you've been very explicit. You've been uh, here and there. Nah, you've been here and there. Oh, uh, okay. Um, when it's explicit, I'll, I'll, I'll clean it up. Then. Yeah, when it's explicit, it, it goes. Um, uh, that's the thing that people don't tell you. When it's explicit, they that's another barrier they use to to bury podcasts. Uh, they'll bury. Sorry, let me cut that off. Yeah. They'll bury a they'll bury a podcast. Um, but they, we can it, keep going past three. My my dude just canceled. Oh, he did. Oh, awesome, yeah, so awesome. We, we, so we, oh, we, so we good. Okay, yeah. so let me. Uh, so that's better. So uh, one thing I wanted to touch on with you, give I want to give people the insider part of you, um, and that is that when you are, like I said, you have people that you've worked with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were at, at these all these gyms. You mm-hmm. opened your own gym. Have people that used to you've worked with have the, have any of them worked with you or have any of them come to wish you well on your endeavor some of the guys that i work with in the past have come some of them are here a lot of them are not and i learned a lesson like the hate runs deep but i love it you wait you know? got you wait, you like got give me give me an example um, give me an example do you got no names just give me an example cuz we go, we all about examples of how we learn there's uh i, I have so many like Give me a, a nice there, story. There was a dude that we were all cool. You know, we were all cool at the gym. Like we were all like, we rode, we all rode together. We would, you know, we would, we, you know, we were there all day, you know, but they believed that they had something, you know, like I was, I was always focused on money. I was always focused on making money. A lot of trainers get focused on building, like getting like all these uh, certifications and this degree, that degree, this and all that stuff. And I'm like, you need the only degree you need. The human body has never, has never, has not changed. It will never change. 
So what are you getting all these certificates, getting certified, recertified? Like, what, what is that? You know, so for me, when they run off to go to like a one week certification camp, I, my, my certification, my focus was how can I get like developing my brand, building my brand, getting, creating something that got people results. So 99% of people that walk into gyms want to look good. Right. So I'm like, why the hell am I going to go focus on fixing people? You know, your leg is broken or your back hurts. I'm let me let me tweak you here and there. That's a tiny little percentage of the industry. People that are coming to work out. So I'm like, listen, I'm going to focus on where the traffic is, where the money is. And I'm going to give those people what they want as quickly as possible. Mm. So my focus was designing a methodology, a brand around getting people results and getting people results quickly. So all these dudes and girls and women um, that um, were focused on getting all these certifications and, you know, they'll be like, oh, I ain't going not about science. I ain't going not about certification. I ain't going not about consuming education. I'm like, you know, None of this shit has changed. I'm focused about continuing my money. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm focused on. I'm on continuing payments. Okay. Consider continuing education is about continuing finances. Because at the end of the day, we're, this is a business. You call yourself a business person. This business is about fucking making money. Right. You know? So that was my focus. So while they were running around picking up all these certifications and saying that I'm not into education, I was perfecting and honing my craft. So when the opportunity, so all these, we, so we, like I said, we, you know, it's, we were all, we all worked together. We would party together, you know, because in their minds, we're all equals or in their minds, they were one level above me because they had more certifications that I had. I didn't give a damn about certifications. I was, I had my certification that, that, that I needed to become an independent trainer. And I had a couple more, you know, I'm a two time golden glove champion. Like there's no damn certification better than that. Like I fought my way to the top, like hard blows to the face. Like you live and die for years. There's no other certification you need beyond that. We were all equal, so mm -hmm. to speak. And then I was hustling, doing a ton of sessions and they would always say, this particular person would always say, oh, you know, Ingo does like, you know, so many sessions and his clients get results, but he's just not about education. So I didn't get to give a damn about any of that. So I just kept, stayed focused. And then when I bought my gym, I texted everybody said, hey, listen, I just bought this gym. I put in so much fucking work into renovating this place, making it look as it's nice beautiful. as it is, it is as very it beautiful. does today. Work. Like I literally would train clients, run, run over here. I would have like an hour and a half run over, taught myself how to cut tile using a table saw, damn near cut my arm off, mm -hmm. but did it. I'll be here, run back, train clients, run back over here. When I was done at eight, about eight o'clock, yeah. I would come back here and I would work to like midnight, go home, sleep like two, three hours, come back, start over again did this for a month 
you know? And I said, how long it took for us to build this place? And when I opened, I texted everybody to say, hey guys, you know, my gym is open. I would love for you to come check it out. He never came, you know? I met with him shortly before I bought the gym to ask him, he was, he was doing a lot of um, online training and I had maxed out on one-on-one training. Like there's only so many hours in a day and I was training like 10, 12 people a day. So I was trying to, you know, look into other ways to make money while I was sleeping, you know, online training, you can just have, you know, have it be automated. You can make money. So I met with him. And, you know, he came and he talked to me about how he was doing it and like, you know, coaching me or whatever. But then when I bought the gym, him and a few other guys who I was cool with, really cool. Like we worked out together. We hung out together. We go get lunch together. You would all go out, get grab drinks, you know. And um, when I opened the gym, I would, I would say, how many of this particular guy and three other guys have never been here. Mm. And I've had the gym now, it'll be three years in, it'll be three years, July 5th. Right. That I've had this gym and they have not set foot in here. This, this, this guy, like he works at, um, there's this boxing program in a boxing class that he teaches for. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I'm always the dude that supports, you know, I went and supported his, um, um, his class. You know, I went a couple of times. I brought a friend, my wife and I went and supported him. We took pictures, you know, for social media to support him, you mm-hmm. know, cause I'm like, listen, one of us did it, you know, they got into this cool, <clears throat> you know, it was one of the biggest boxing classes out right now. Right. You know, everybody, everybody knows they're, they're making money. And, um, when supported him and when I did mine, but what the difference is he was, he's working for someone. Mm-hmm. He's teaching a class, no matter how big it is, you're still working for someone. Now that you've reached a certain level, mm-hmm. what advice would you give somebody who's trying to, who's going to, who's looking to get where you're going to be mm-hmm. when they get there about support and they may not get it. And what is your, what is your advice around it and how do you deal with it? Well, advice number one, and this is me, people are like, you know, you gotta be positive and you know, you know, thinking about the positive. <laughs> for me, I love negativity. I love when people hate me. I, I live for that. When I'm in, when I was in, when I was fighting and I'm in the ring, I'm, we're beating the shit out of each other. I would listen out for my opponent's supporters and I would hear them say, I kick his ass, <laughs> 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 you know, and I, you know, they would, you know, he would catch me with a shot and I'd be like, Oh, and they'd be like, Oh, you got him now. Oh, he's a, I would listen to that. Because for me, people that love me, that's great. I love that people, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's good. But when people hate me, I, I love it more because it drives me harder to prove them wrong because I want to, to crush your souls, you know, like, because when, when, people, when people love you, you don't have to work hard because they, they love you already. You know, when people hate you, 
I want, I want to destroy them to the point where they're like, you know, this dude's crushing us. You know, I might as well, <laughs> I, I might as well, you know, just just get on board with his team because it's just too painful. Yo, listen. Yeah. All right, so so I got I got to stop you because this is great. Um, I just had a conversation about this right mm-hmm. so just today, where I posed the question. We were talking about the same thing. I said we're in a we're in a time where it's um, over positive, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, people we're try, are trying to eliminate positive uh, negativity whatsoever, and mm-hmm. and I and I and the question I posed was um, negativity has a place. I didn't I didn't put it in the way you put it, but I like what you I like where you're going with this because uh, and just to give it some framework, um, when somebody um, I told this person, think of all the times where you fought the hardest is mm-hmm. when somebody didn't believe in you and you mm-hmm. and, and you hear the story, um, I, and you know where I think that comes from, and I don't know if you agree with this, it comes from a, a, a place of wanting. A validation from somebody. Mm-hmm. So, wh- why is it that t- it could be twenty people that say they love you, right? And um, online, and somebody, mm-hmm. be, you, I'll see somebody give them the fist bump, mm-hmm. and then there's one person that's like, I don't really like this guy, and I, and then you, they go and paragraph back and forth because the hater knows that um, that's a way to get to us, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a way that we want secretly we want to either crush mm-hmm. or get them to acknowledge our greatness, right? Mm-hmm. So, one thing that I'm thinking of as you were saying that is I was thinking of um, the idea that in those moments, what can we do to, because cause I do feel you uh, mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the fact that um, when somebody hate, hates on me, I love it because I love to prove people wrong and mm-hmm. prove myself right. Mm-hmm. But the other point of it is I think, don't you think sometimes we lose the positive person that, that love us because we don't give them, because it's a given they're gonna support us. Mm-hmm. So how about, um, we we handle the hater a different way. Mm-hmm. We mean like we don't give them our energy though. But we, we, we fuel them. I don't. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't um, ignore people that love me. Okay, good. I acknowledge the people that love me. I love them back. You know, I acknowledge them because you know it's there are days that it's hard and you know like hearing like you know keep going that that's good. Yes. But I'm a different kind of dude. You know, like we have to all acknowledge that we're not the same. Like I'm built for fighting. Like I'm a fighter in my like in my bones, in my soul. I'm a fighter. Like I will I will go to the death for what I believe. And I say that I say that all the time, you know. So for me, um, you like to roar the crowd like I love it all. I love the hate of the crowd. I love the roar of the crowd. I love I want I want emotion. Mm. Real emotion, like not Real, genuine. raw, whatever, negative, positive. I want you to feel something. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yes. My thing is love me, hate me, but you will fucking respect me. Mm. That's it. You know. You may, you, you may not want to acknowledge it, but you fucking know. You know what you're dealing with. You know what you're looking at. When, when, I, when I do things, you know in your soul, you know, you may, you, you, you may hate because it makes you feel a certain way. It's a mirror that makes you feel like you're a loser or, you know, it's a mirror that, so sometimes a mirror that, so something that makes you feel, wow, you know, I'm inspired to do this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look at it and it just makes you feel, I will never be able to get there. And that's why people hate. Because they feel like you make them feel less than. Mm-hmm. That's not my job to 
worry about people that I make feel less than. I do what I do for me because it makes me happy and because my happiness will give someone permission to want to be happy, to want to be free, to want to go to pursue their happiness. A lot of clients I train, I tell them, listen, what I'm doing here is I'm giving you freedom. I'm giving you freedom to think about yourself, to, to want to do for yourself and not always be worried about what other people think. Don't worry about your kids all the damn time, especially women. <laughs> your kids are going to be fine. You know, like if you go to the gym for an hour, they're not going to die. You know, mm -hmm. your husband's not going to definitely not going to die. He's a grown ass man. Leave them. Come here. Take care of yourself because that will make you a better mom, a better spouse, a better sibling. You will be better because you've given love to yourself. Now you can give more to other people, you know. So for me, I don't. Like when people hate on me, I'm like, I know exactly where the hate is coming from. Right. I know exactly where it's coming from. So if I jab back, I'm jabbing at your jugular mm -hmm. and I'm slicing that shit open because I'm, I'm ending your, that, that, you know, people think, oh, you know, I'm going to say this. And a lot, a lot of people I know, someone throws a little hate on them and they just say, oh my God, oh, I can't believe that they are saying this about <laughs> me. I will destroy you. You say something to me that's negative. I know. Like, I spent my life reading people and understanding how the human being works. That's why I'm successful. I understand how human being works. And I understand what motivates them to do what they do. So when, you, when someone says something like, it, you know, some nonsense to me, mm -hmm. be it on social media or in real life, I know who you are already. So I will go to the core of your insecurities and I will rip it off. <laughs> okay. And that, then, then it would end because you ends. know, you know that I'm, that, that, that is true. You know that I'm right. You know, I have time to be going, going back and forth with people. Right. When I, when, when I was fighting, my goal was to hit you so hard that you would just be like, why am I boxing? <laughs> <laughs> why, why did I choose to do this? Most of the guys that I fought never fought again. And I seen, I seen some of your fights, by the way, mo mo Golden a, lo gloves. a lot of them never fought again because they were like, if this is what <laughs> this shit is going to be, mm -hmm. you know, you actually go get a job at Best Buy. Man, that's tough. That's a rough one, right? Listen, when you, when you, when, no, dude, I agree with I, you. You don't, if you're not willing, don't get in the ring. If you're not willing to die for it, mm -hmm. Don't do it. Simple. No, a thousand. Listen, when I'm, when I, when, when, when I'm walking to the ring, mm -hmm. I'm like, if I die today, this is exactly where I want to be. This is exactly what I want to be doing. This is the perfect day to die, period. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about next week. I'm not thinking about a minute beyond this moment mm. that's all i was thinking about so 
guys hit me with skill. They, they hit me with skill punches, you know, because they're good. They were all better than me. They were all better skilled. I hadn't been boxing that long. They would hit me with skill shots. Boom. And it hurts. And I was hurt. Sometimes I was like out of my feet. But when I hit them, I hit them with death intentions. And, and I always believe like, listen, if you're, unless you're ready to kill me and you're ready to die too, <laughs> you cannot beat me. Right. And the same thing in this life, the same thing in this gym. Like I, listen, man, like I, I've, 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 I wake up at, there were times I wake up at 3.30 in the, 3.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and I go hard from start at five, my first climbs at 5 a.m. And I would go boom, 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 boom until nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I go home, hang, family, wife, you know, sleep three hours back at it for years, years. People are like, you know, I ain't got, you know, ain't you need eight hours of sleep? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, you need eight hours of sleep. I don't. I'm willing to die for this. You're not. And that's okay. But own it. Own your peace. Own what you're doing. You know, don't, you know, people always tell me like, you know, you're killing yourself and go, you're killing yourself. I'm like, yeah. Well, you want to say something funny? What you said about that, which I, I love what you just pointed out is that when people always tell people get rest and get sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And, but no one ever tells somebody when they're partying, or they're doing all this other stuff. <laughs> you need to stop drinking so much. Exactly. You don't need to. But when you work hard for your, isn't that yeah. interesting, right? So yeah. you, you pointed out something that I'm thinking right now as you're mm-hmm. saying it. How many times people tell me you need to relax, you need to chill, and I'm like, mm-hmm. these are the same people that drink every weekend or drink five days a week mm-hmm. are telling you and relax out, out till four in the morning. And by the way, none of you that know? stuff will will help their legacy or their children what you're doing whether i agree or whether everybody agrees or not mm-hmm. one thing i can say is your intentions are great yep right and, and at least if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna um do damage to your body at, for a noble cause i'm mm-hmm. with it as opposed to somebody who does who who does shots of antifreeze <laughs> or right all night all night and um yeah so so ingo i got a final question for you because yes. I, I mean i could talk to you all day you know that um but one of the things i wanted to ask you is um tell me a little bit so i want to know first before uh, two questions though so what what's the name of your gym mm-hmm. i want to know about it like what how'd you come up with the name mm-hmm. uh, what's the thought behind it okay um the name of my gym is iconoclast iconoclast fitness icono and iconoclast is a rebel an iconoclast is someone who fights against the norm, who is all about breaking rules and living outside the box and being basically being creative and doing things your own way. And that's how I always live my life, especially in, in business, is creating something, creating your own. Don't just memorize shit you read in a book or someone told you. Just Go, go against the norm. Create something great and be great. Want, want, have the desire to be great. And that's what I do here at the gym. You know, like I have um, a lot of the trainers that work here. I show them, listen, you can be free. You can do whatever you want as long as your, your, your intentions are good and you're trying to help people and you're trying to 
raise, you know, raise your family, strengthen your family, you know, because that's, because that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what legacy is all about. Mm. Like you just have to leave the world a better place than you found it Mm -hmm. for real. And all of us can do it. It doesn't have to be Martin Luther, it would be Martin Luther King to do it. Yeah. You know, little steps, right? Baby steps. And you touch people around you and you do it every day in little, little touches, little touches, like, you know, I love it. Little nuggets of like information, you know, and that's, that's when, 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 when I bought this gym, I told, uh, one of my, like my right hand dude, Sean, man, like I would not be where I am if it were not for Sean. I, when, when I bought it and we were fucking, like it was like in the middle of the night, we were just grinding, like working. I said to him, I said, listen, this gym is bigger than me. You know, like this gym is bigger than me because like it's crazy. Like we're, we're, we're on fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. like, New York city, fifth New Avenue, York right? City, fifth Avenue overlooking Madison square park. Like this is like prime, prime, prime real estate, it you is. know? And this is a gym owned by a black man. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's insane. Especially somebody, especially knowing, and just to give people context listening to, you know, it's surreal sitting here with you, having a conversation. I could talk to you for hours because I'm super proud of you. Like, and it's something that you, you brought man. up. Yeah, I'm super proud of you, bro. Something that you brought up. And the minute I found out you had a gym, I reached out to you. Mm. Uh, and I got, and by the way, I got to mention it because Cleve don't even know I'm here. So how I found out, um, through Instagram, mm-hmm. Cleve, uh, um, you know Cleve. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Cleve, my bro, Cleve. Uh, we we used to work out together, and uh, and apparently you guys knew each yeah, other. I didn't man. even know you guys knew each other. Yo, Cleve, <laughs> yo, that dude, that is one of the realest, realest, realest dudes. Real dude. We, I had, I had a calendar, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I made these posters to mm-hmm. to 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 promote the calendar, and I had this gorilla idea that I wanted to go around and like post the cover of the calendar all over the city. Yeah. And Cliff was like, oh, yo, you know, we talks like, yo, you know, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. So he drove me, he drove me in the middle of the night, drove me around and we went and we posted, you know, we, 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 we stuck the posters all over the city. It was, it was by Macy's. It was like, he, and then people were like, call, people were calling me like, Oh shit. I saw, I saw your poster. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that dude. And then I was selling my calendars on central like, on, and in times square on the street. Oh mm-hmm. no, I have, I have so many fucking, so, so many stories, man. Right. But he, like that dude, stood with me he shot videos of me and he just was so happy for me so proud and so happy for me and so supportive you know like i hope he's doing well man it's been a long like i haven't seen him in so long yeah we're gonna have he's to um, we have to link up with cleve I'm, yeah. I'm, that's why i'm leaving him in the podcast so yeah. i want to say this to cleve so cleve um we were talking on social media he reached mm-hmm. out to me he told me how proud he was of, of something i was doing and then um, I, got, I got on a call with him. And he said, man, yo, I'm super proud of you and Ingo. I said, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard. I heard proud of you and Ingo. I was like, what? Forget about all that. What else he said? Proud of Ingo. You know Ingo? He said, yeah. I said, why are you proud of Ingo? What did Ingo do? He goes, oh, Ingo got his gym. I was like, oh, bro, thank you for telling me that. Because I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. so I immediately called, contacted <clears throat> you. And I was like, 
um, I'm always apprehensive when I, when I reach out to, to my friends who are successful mm-hmm. because I've had I had I've had cases where um, I don't know where people think I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I've always just been this guy like how you are. Yeah. If I like something, I like I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I even if I see a stranger and I don't know you, yeah. I like that. And sometimes people look in the street, look at me, and they go, "Yo, what's this guy saying? You like my outfit?" Mm-hmm. Some people we've 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 grown friendships. <clears throat> I got my boy Virgilio, who's a boxer. Who, yeah, you know Virgilio. Virgilio yeah. Okay, so Virgilio. How me and Virgilio met, um, and he actually hit me when he got inducted into the boxing uh, wall of fame. Mm-hmm. He, I called him, he picked up his phone. So shout out to Virgilio for answering mm-hmm. the phone. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, he goes, yo, you my brother. Me and Virgilio met years ago on the train in New York City. I saw some shoes he had on. I like yo, bro. I like your shoes. That was the conversation. Me and Virgilio have been talking since then. When he leaves the country, comes mm-hmm. back. We we've even we, we've been through a lot of stuff. He, yeah. he he really cool, right? But that's yeah. how we met. Yo, Resilio, Resilio is crazy. Like I, you know, he had like he was he was designing suits at one time. Like I got I got a suit from Resilio. You know, he made me like a custom suit. His, you know, we we met at uh, the Soho House. That's it's how crazy. we met. You know, at the pool. You know. And the dude is like super sharp, super, super stylish, sharp, you know? super sharp. Julio, shout and, out to Virgilio. Uh, shout man. out to Virgilio, man. Damn, and it, it, isn't it crazy how life is so? Yeah. I didn't even know you knew Julio, so I want to shout out my brother Virgilio. But Cleve also, because Cleve got me here, uh, and, and it just shows you how people with certain energy, mm-hmm. how we all connect. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, when Virgilio was a boxer, um, Amsterdam. I remember I I told somebody. They said, you know, you know, Virgilio's guy from Amsterdam. You don't know Virgilio. I called Virgilio. Literally, he picked up the phone. We talking. The guy's like, oh, let me talk to him. I'm like, no. I just, <laughs> you doubted me. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. called him. Yeah. I didn't even tell Virgilio. Mm-hmm. There was some dude that literally, I just mentioned it in passing. Yeah. And this dude was like, oh, I know Virgilio and you don't know him. And yeah. I called him. He happened to pick up. Yeah. And then I just kind of, yeah, not, not Virgilio and just went on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think that that's a testament to like I want to protect my friends um their privacy. Cuz mm-hmm. cuz mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that's going to you going to call and put you on the phone with somebody. Yeah, exactly. That's not my thing. Yeah. So my final question for you um this has been a great uh, conversation. The conversation the the, the last question <clears throat> I have for you is um if you could talk to your younger self, mm-hmm. what advice would you give about, if you knew everything that you knew right now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to your younger self? The the advice I would give to my younger self is just, I really wouldn't do anything differently because all of that is what led me to all of those experiences. And I would just say, just trust that what you're doing is the right thing because you're learning. Put yourself in, continue to put yourself in positions, uncomfortable, new positions, because that's the only way you learn. And that's what I was doing when I was younger because I needed to learn. I needed to understand people. And that was my motivation. Like I wanted, I wanted to know people. I wanted to understand people. I wanted to talk to people, feel people. I did so. I did. So, I lived one million lives in New York City, <laughs> and that is what has brought me to who I am today. You know. And if I hadn't done all those things that I did and lived all those lives, I would be 
missing pieces of me. You know, I wouldn't be as complete, not that I'm complete, but I wouldn't be what I am today if I didn't do all those things. You know, for me, if I want to do something, I'll do it. I'm like, okay, eh, and I'm good. I don't need to do that again. Or, oh, this is cool. I'll keep doing it, you know. But I just wanted to, wanted to and needed to learn. And that's my motivation, just pursuing happiness. And it all, that pursuit of happiness is what led me to, to where I am today. Man, I love that. I love that. Man, I love that. And that last piece you said about learning and experiencing for yourself. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people say, I wish I could have did it this way. But as you point out, that experience led you here. Without that experience, we wouldn't be sitting here right mm -hmm. now talking. So mm -hmm. I want to just say I'm super proud of you again. Thank um, you, it is Thank an you. honor to be able to sit in your gym. Wow. Uh, my friend, record this thing. Um, I'm super excited for you um, and where you're going with this. And it couldn't happen to a better person because like wow. I said, I seen, I, I I was around when you was coming up and, and, and one thing I could say about you is you never compromise yourself. Mm. Like I talk a lot of people when they ask me about compromise um, and, and I said, I don't have anything pro a problem with compromise, right? Compromises, the way I understand compromise is like, it's a, no, no two people get what they want. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying, when you compromise on your integrity, it's mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So you never lost yourself in the journey to who you are. Mm -hmm. I have many friends who are successful. Many of them don't even recognize me because they lost themselves in the mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they listen to this and they see you. Like I said, me and Ingo have been out of touch for a long time, years. I'm telling you, I called him and he had the response that I didn't even call him to say, come on the podcast. I just called him because I was happy for him. I wanted to see his gym. And after I seen that this is still my friend because mm -hmm. he didn't lose him. A lot of people that, um, that are successful, unfortunately, success came at a price of their identities mm -hmm. they had to give up their identities they've had to um they have to do questionable things in terms of how they handle people how they deal with people they think everybody's out to get them mm. um and and they're not the people that i remember and and by, i want to just say this i'm not saying you got to stay the same but maybe they were always that person and i just didn't know mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't know maybe they didn't know Maybe the money made people, the situations made people more of who they were. And maybe it's me who has to recognize that. So I would just say on your end, mm. um, if anything, you're better than I remember. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you wow. didn't get any wow. worse. Wow. You, got, wow. you, you got better. So you didn't stay the same either. You got better, uh, more integrity, more consistency, mm -hmm. um, more, more passion and more driven, if that's even such a thing. Yeah. You've gotten more dr driven with age. Well, usually people are slowing down. Mm -hmm. You starting up, so I want to congratulate you. I want and, and you. on being that, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here and sit with you and see that for myself. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I, I want to say to um, you know, like once for me, you know, once once I got your message, I was like, oh shit, like you <laughs> know, that that was I was like, oh, I was, I was, I was, oh, oh shit, and and you know, I was just like. I know your number is still unless you changed it. <laughs> right. Why would you? When I'm like, why? Why would you change any, any, any? And you, you, you touched on a, like the word that 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 anybody that's trying to be great should live by consistency. Your number didn't change. So 
I just went on my phone and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I never, I was never like, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I post on Instagram, but I'm like, that shit is not fucking real, you know? So I do what I need to do by posting on social media. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't live on it. I don't, I don't look at that because it's not, you know, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I could go on and on about that. That's another but, topic. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I was immediately, I, well, I tell you, immediately I went to my phone and I was like, oh shit, I hope, I wonder if I still, if, if his number is still the same. Cause yeah. I knew I had it. Right. You know, so um, I texted you, like, oh, you know, and I, I was immediately, I was like, I, I immediately went back to the way we were. Yeah. It's like you didn't miss a you step. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like, this is who we were. Like, I, I, I don't care what you're doing, you know, right. I don't care what I'm doing. Like, we mm -hmm. were cool and that was it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yo, come, come, why don't you come see my gym? You know, and that was, that's what I said. And, mm. um, I wanted us to hang out and like, you know, talk about old times and, and when you came through and that's what we did, you know, and like, I don't, we'd never have to change, you know, like we can grow, mm -hmm. but our souls don't change, mm -hmm. you know, like we can grow and we can become who like settle into who we always were mm -hmm. but we're not we're not sure or didn't trust that was it too much is it too intense is it mm -hmm. you know because this is all this i've always been this way you know always. but yeah. as i got older i just stopped apologizing for it i but well, not apologizing for it but i stopped feeling like it was intimidating people. It was making people uncomfortable. I was just like, fuck them. Mm -hmm. If this is making you uncomfortable, then you don't <laughs> need to be around me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not the person for you, right. you know? And I was just like, I'm not going to change who I am or behave differently or speak differently because I'm with someone else. You know, whoever I'm with, this is, this is it. This is me. This is it. You know, and I was just so like when you said you wanted to do a podcast with me, like the first thing I was like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> like you you're in contact with like, you know, famous people and, you know, and you want to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, sure. <laughs> listen, this is better. You know? Listen, this is better for me. Um, and I'll say something. You know, I've had people that have mentioned people that were famous that want to do the podcast. And for me at first, I was like, oh, that's great. And then I started, like you said, I started to have interactions with people. And I realized that, the, as you said, the gym is bigger than you. The podcast is bigger than me. And while I would like to have some of these people on, um, I had to check what's the, per what's the point. Mm -hmm. If the point is financial freedom, mm -hmm. you are what financial freedom means. Mm -hmm. That means no co-signer, no, um, no trust fund, mm -hmm. no, um, no backing from some, some angel investor that, that we don't know about. Uh, no money from home, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's straight grind, um, integrity. And, and that's what my, my business is about. Mm -hmm. So at its truest core, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're my friend is just icing on a cake. Cause I would sit here, even if we weren't friends and do this interview, mm -hmm. but the difference is you're my friend and I'm actually, and I'm proud even for my people that I interview who's not my friends, we have become friends, yeah. but you were my friend coming into this and we're going to be closer. Cause now I know more about you. Mm -hmm. I know that, um, that, the person that I know, um, like you said, you changed 
but your identity and your soul didn't change. And, 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 and unfortunately for so many people that I know, they change their soul and, um, and what they believe in depend on who's comes in the room. Mm. So on that, brother, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yo, and I you. look forward to, you know, how can people find you on um, website, all that mm -hmm. stuff, the gym location, please give it to us. So my Instagram is catch and go catch N G O catch N G O one word. Uh, my gym is Iconoclast fitness and it's iconoclassfitness.com. Um, and you can go, you can also go to my website. It's ingookafor.com. It's N-G-O-O-K-A-F-O-R.com. My gym is, at, uh, the address is 210 Fifth Avenue on the fifth floor in New York. Manhattan, yeah, New York. Crazy. I just it's had to say it, right? say it. It's crazy <laughs> saying it. 210 Fifth Avenue. It's not on some side street. <laughs> now listen, we're not going to get on. Yeah, listen, no. if you're on a side street, we're okay yeah. with you. But but the fact that you in New York and yeah. you gotta, bro, I'm super yeah, proud of you, crazy, man. Crazy. And 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 thank you for doing this interview, man. It thank my you. pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate. <laughs> it. All right, man. You're gonna get me in trouble. Right, <laughs> Thanks once again for tuning into the Nine Five Killers podcast. You can now visit us on our website at ninefivekillers.com. We truly appreciate your continued support. Take care of yourself and your families and keep killing those comfort zones. Until next time, peace. Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.